how to use visualization every day to help you achieve your goals. Two steps to effectively evaluate your own performance. The importance of being process focused rather than product focused. How to adopt an abundance mentality versus a scarcity mentality. The two most important lessons that his parents taught him and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 487 with five-time best-selling author, international keynote speaker, top performance coach, and co-founder of the Level Up app, Dr. Jason Selk. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. Are you somebody who really wants to improve your health, but you're overwhelmed with all that life is throwing at you? Are you somebody who knows that they want to feel better in their own skin, they want to be more confident in their bodies, and you want to be a good role model for those around you? If so, you need to get access to my brand new video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle. You'll get a grocery list, a week's worth of workouts, and a list of healthy snacks and sweets that you can choose from. You can get all of that for free today by going to nickcarrier.com. Y'all, today is going to blow you away. Today might be quite literally one of the most valuable episodes we've ever released. So focus, listen closely, and get ready to take down some good notes. Dr. Jason Selk is one of the most highly respected sports performance psychologists in the world. He was hired by the St. Louis Cardinals in 2006 and helped them win two World Series in a matter of just six years. And he's worked with numerous other high-performing sports teams. He's also created his own performance app called Level Up, and and he is a five-time best-selling author. Y'all, we have one of the best of the best on the show for you today, so get ready to love it and share it with a friend. So without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Dr. Jason Selk. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I am super psyched to be joined by the one and only Dr. Jason Selk. Dr. Selk, just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. Well, Nick, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, Dr. Selk is currently in the press box at Auburn, uh, the Auburn baseball field, so I really appreciate you kind of squeezing us in here before you talk with that team. And I'm really excited to talk about different things that you do to help different sports teams and organizations and really excited to talk about stuff with your days with the St. Louis Cardinals, excited to talk about relentless uh, solution focus and excited to talk a little bit about level up as well. But I actually wanted to kind of go all the way back and start with how you grew up in your family because I know that your parents were both health providers, both, both counselors, and that when you were growing up, your family on Thanksgiving, you would get up before sunrise and, and serve people that didn't really have other people to be with. And so I kind of want to start off by asking you, what do you think are maybe one or two of the things that your parents did that had the biggest impact on you that kind of was laid a great foundation for becoming the man you've become today? Yeah. Well, you get me emotional right off the bat, huh? Um, <laughs> so... You know, I, I've said this from the time I was really young. I, I really won the lottery with my parents. So my dad passed away a couple of years ago, um, but still with my mom. But it, you really probably couldn't get a bigger head start or 
in, in my experience, a, a bigger advantage from what they did for me. And I, I, so I'll answer your question, try to be precise. Two things. Number one, and, and I'm going to call this one thing kind of two things, but they taught me the importance of giving to others. You know, you told the story about we were that family on Thanksgiving and, you know, there, there are a lot of people who do a whole lot more than what my family did or what, what my family does now for others. But I, I think it's important just, you know, from a human being standpoint to at least have something you do that gives to others. And, you know, the good thing about it is we know that when you give, you get. So, you know, it's, it's a really good thing. The, the kind of second part to that, they taught me the importance of giving to others, but they also taught me the importance of work ethic. And I do think the two are connected. I mean, my, my parents were both health providers and, and just were tireless. And in, when it was time to work, they worked and they didn't cut corners. And, you know, they both had jobs or it was very rewarding to have that work ethic because they could see people, you know, flourishing and, and really being helped by what they were doing and providing. So that, that's the first advantage I think I had. I, I really was kind of taught at a very early age work ethic and helping others. And the second thing, my parents were really, really good. You know, I just had a conversation with my daughter who's here at Auburn um, about the difference between a scarcity mentality and an abundance mentality. My parents grew up, I, I you know, even though we kind of grew up, you know, Midwest and in a very blue collar town, really started from nothing and kind of worked ourselves into you know, doing fairly well, but the scarcity mentality would be, there's never enough, you know, there's never enough food, there's never enough money, there's never enough, you name it. And I think a lot of people live with that scarcity mentality. And it's, you know, if you look at science, science would tell you the scarcity mentality is actually inaccurate. There's plenty, you know, Mm -hmm. just because you're making money doesn't mean somebody else can't make money, you know, and there, you know, there there really isn't for, for any of the resources you look at, there really isn't that that limited supply that people kind of get in their minds. But anyway, instead of growing up with the scarcity mentality, I grew up with the abundance mentality that there's always enough room at the table. There's always enough love to go around. You know, I've got an older brother. Just because they were loving on him didn't mean that there wouldn't be enough love for me. And it really, you know, it may not sound all that important to people, but I know this growing up, there's a big difference between how I look at things. You know, I just, I don't have fear of running out. And I think not living in fear has allowed me to really have that attack mentality that I talked about and work with the people I work with. So those would be the two gifts I think my my parents gave me. Those are great. Those are great. I love how you tied the first two together so well, the importance of giving to others and the importance of work ethic, because I think that, like you said, they go so harmoniously because if you have a, we want to have a tireless work ethic to serve others. And so I think, I think they work together really well. And I really like the, you know, the difference between scarcity and abundance mentality is because I think that impacts so many different areas of our life. I think that most of the time when we compare ourselves to other people, it's coming from that place of scarcity mentality of they have it. And so we can't kind of a thing. And I often feel like sometimes maybe sports or competition can breed that. I absolutely love sports and competition, so I'm not saying that I don't like that stuff. But how do we make sure that we don't let 
competition or the drive to succeed breed a scarcity mentality? Well, that's that's a really deep question. And I, I would, without going too far into the weeds on it, I would say this. I think the scarcity mentality and competition in sport has a lot to do with developing or having a product or result mindset. Mm. And what, you know, what I've had success, I learned this from Coach Wooden when I was in my 20s. And thankfully, the first time I learned it, I, I knew instantly this is what I've been looking for was the process mentality. And it's, it's really was his number one tenet that true success is defined with effort and process, not with results. And it's really difficult for people to adopt and internalize that process mentality. You get a lot of people that talk about it, but the, the ones who are the most successful, and I would challenge anyone to prove me wrong on this, but my experience easily has been the people who are most successful, whether it be in sport, in business, even just in life with their own health and happiness, is they've done a really good job of adopting the process mentality. Now, again, it's somewhat paradoxical, but you know, you get most people to say, well, yeah, but in my world, in my industry, it's all about results. If you don't produce results, you know, we're all fired. We lose. And, and nobody's going to argue that. I mean, look, I was in the highest level of sport. I get it. You know, I was told when I got hired with the Cardinals, if you don't help this team win a World Series, you're going to be fired. If we can't see measurable improvements in their ERAs and batting average and you're working with them, you're fired. Like it was very result oriented, but I also know how the brain works. And this is the part people must understand. Your mind can only fully focus on one thing at a time. So if you're focused on the result, you cannot be in that moment focused on what will cause the result. And that's the part Coach Wooden was so good about this that he knew the importance of Look, the scoreboard is going to take care of itself if I can get myself, my staff, and my players focused on the process. I want to tell you a quick little story. I think it's worth the time. So one of my really good friends, I've written a couple of books with him. His name's Tom Barto. He's one of the top financial coaches in the country. And Tom was best friends, literally, with Coach Wooden until the day he died. So I get all these kind of behind the scenes. That's why I was able to meet Coach Wooden, spend some time alone with Coach Wooden was all because of my good friend, Tom Barto, who was best friends with Coach Wooden. Anyway, Tom was telling me about a conversation he had with Coach Wooden where he asked Coach Wooden, he said, Coach, if we're sitting on the bench during a game, you know, I just, I'm really curious, what's the greatest coach of all time focused on in the game while the game's being played? Coach Wooden looks at Tom and he says, Tom, I'm watching to see if my guys are making their cuts in straight lines or if they're running in banana patterns. And then he, Coach, was, uh, Coach Wooden was actually really had a great sense of humor. And then he kind of was quiet, knew, you know, knew that it was a little confusing for Tom. And Tom thinks about it for a second. He says, Coach, you mean to tell me, greatest coach of all time, you're not worried about the scoreboard. You're not concerned with winning or losing. You're watching to see if your guys are running their cuts in straight lines. And Coach Wooden smiled. He said, Tom, let's be clear. Winning is important. And the number one thing I can do to control that score, to control the win, 
is to get my guys focused on running cuts in straight lines. See, in basketball, the shortest distance between two points, straight line. If my guys are a little bit quicker, and I know this, that if I can get them running straight line cuts, they're going to be a little bit quicker than the other guys running banana patterns. If my guys are a little bit quicker at everything we do, that scoreboard up there is going to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And again, you get a lot of people that understand that conceptually. It's a big difference between understanding it and living it. And I would just, you know, it's, it's really the number one tenet I use with my coaching, whether it be in the business world and sports world with my own children is every result we're looking for, we break down into a process and then we judge ourselves. We evaluate ourselves, not on, did I win? Did I get the proposal signed? Did I get the grade? It's, did I do the process? And more often than not, and I was, you know, 90 plus percent of the time you nail your process, you're going to really like how those results turn out. And Mm. it's a way of living life with that abundance mentality. You can choose how much effort you put in. There's no limit on how much effort you can put into something. But there is a ceiling on perfection. There is a ceiling on results. And if you get rid of that thinking, the sky's really the limit for your own personal health, happiness, and success. That's great. I, first off, appreciate you sharing that story. It's definitely worth the time. And I think there is potentially no greater message that be that could be consistently communicated to individuals, to ourselves, that focus on the process because that's ultimately what you can't control. You can't control the scoreboard. You can control whether or not you cut in straight lines or banana patterns. It's I run a, a 10-week transformation like fitness goal setting program and oftentimes people's goals are weight is are weight loss and so we often we always set the goal in the first place but once we set it we try not to focus on it we try to focus on like okay we got to get four workouts in this week we got to make sure we get in 10 healthy lunches and dinners we got to track that stuff and that the the weight will take care of itself but let's focus on defining the process and then following through with the promises that we make to ourselves so i think that's just that's a that's so important. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I kind of want to transition a little bit into your career. I know that it seems like the role with the St. Louis Cardinals was a very big jump off kind of for your career. It was a really big catalyst for for your career. Before that first day that you let, I love the story that you talk about the first day where you met Tony Tony Larusa and you spoke to them for the first time and he gave you ten minutes and and so you had this like very small window of opportunity to make a good first impression. And I often think think that sometimes people wait until an opportunity is presented to start preparing for it, but you were able to step into that opportunity and really excel at a high level. So what do you think are the a lot of things that you did to allow you to step into that opportunity and maximize it? We'll be back to the interview in just a second, but first I wanted to share some words from a participant of the 10-week transformation. At Best U, we started running the 10WT back in January of 2020 and have since had 313 people and counting go through it. They've seen their bodies get stronger than ever before, they've seen the stubborn fat finally come off, and they've seen their habits dramatically improve. And honestly, more than anything, they've seen their self-confidence skyrocket. If you want to learn more about the 10-week transformation, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. That's nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but first, here's what they had to say. 
My name is Paige Smith. Um, I first did Nick's 10 week transformation um, starting in March 2022, and I am wrapping up my fourth 10WT in a row right now and starting my fifth after uh, the first of the year. And um, I first started the 10 week transformation because I had just gone back to work after having a baby and um, knew with a busy work schedule and a newborn that if I didn't get into good habits early on, I would not be confident about my you know, work, um, my workouts, and I just wanted to get in a really solid routine and prove to myself that I could balance um, the various things I had going on. My experience in the 10-week transformation has been more than I would have imagined at the beginning. It's made me more committed to my workouts. It's fine-tuned my nutrition. It's made me accountable in various aspects of my life, and I think that's a testament to Nick and the program that he's put together. And I think that uh, anyone joining the 10-week transformation would find it very uh, beneficial across all aspects of their life. And uh, you should join it. Yes, so I know exactly what it was. And, and you know, it's one of the things, it's really, I think, the, the way that I turned the 10 minutes into six years with the team is something called the mental workout. When Tony said, hey, Jason, you only have 10 minutes. Thought, well, okay. You know, my original plan was I was going to teach the mental workout. Well, I went in and said, I only have 10 minutes. I thought I had two hours. I'm just going to teach you guys the first tool of this mental workout. And I think Tony and Dave Duncan and, you know, some of the players were even very, very interested to say the least in knowing more than just the first tool of the mental workout. But it's the, the reason I, I bring it up is I had done mental workouts I had been doing them for years before that. And I knew that going down to spring training that very first time, I had to be mentally prepared. You know, I had to be prepared for walking into a clubhouse with Chris Carpenter, Adam Wainwright, Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, Jimmy Edmonds, Scott Rowland just got inducted last week. You know, th those are big names. Those are guys that be Hall of Famers. I, I had to make sure that I wasn't going to be caught up in, oh my gosh, look who's in this room, but more of when I walked in that room, I needed to make sure I was making my cuts in straight lines. And so a lot of it, you know, it's the mental workout is a five-step process. It's really, I think, what took me from a graduate student to probably within six to 12 months, one of the top sports psychologists in the country. It just works. It's, it's based in science. The, the majority of the work is visualization. And I would say this, not to get too far into the mental workout, if you're not visualizing on a regular basis, there's really, I would tell you the research, and I would only say this about two things that I found in my entire field of study. Visualization is one of those things that if a person is not visualizing on a daily basis, there's probably no way they can be living up to their potential in terms of performance. Now, I think the big mistake people make with visualization is they think, well, it's got to be this, you know, very expansive, long you know, a lot of time going into a daily, not at all. I mean, heck, take 10 seconds. If you're not visualizing on a regular basis, just do it for 10 seconds a day. And is it, well, I don't know what to visualize. What do you want to improve? What do you want to succeed at? See yourself for 10 seconds doing the most important activity that will cause the results. So, you know, if it's a basketball team, picture yourself going out to practice today just for 10 seconds, making straight line cuts. If you're in sales, you know, more often than not, it's, you know, make your proactive contacts. 
So just take 10 seconds and just picture yourself making that first proactive contact, having confidence and doing the right thing on the call. Mm. If it's weight loss, picture yourself getting on the elliptical at the time you've committed that you're going to get on. Picture yourself making good decisions at dinner tonight. Instead of, you know, carb loading, maybe cut the carbs in half. But the visualization, like I said, if you're not doing it on a regular basis, maybe you could convince me I'm wrong here, but you better come prepared because the research is so strong. You really got to be visualizing on a regular basis. And that's what I did a tremendous job of leading up to the Cardinals. So when Tony said that to me, I really you know, I understood, okay, here's some adversity here, but it's like a baseball player. I thought a fastball was coming. He threw me a curveball. Very quickly, I'm going to make the adjustment and still put a good swing on it. And that's what visualization did for me. I was ready. Mm. I, I love that. I, a couple of things I want to ask on visualization, or I kind of like tie it into one question. It's like, I've, I've heard about the power of visualization and I, I probably, I need to get more regular, need to implement that more regularly into my routine personally. What do you think are, or what is the, what does the science say as some of the top reasons why it's so effective? Like I know that for me and my experience, when I've done it in the past, it's provided me with confidence to step into that thing because it's like I've been here before, I've seen myself here before. And then the other thing that I feel like is kind of along the same lines is the thing called expectancy theory. What you focus on will expand, and so if you focus on that moment, then hopefully you live greater in that moment. So talk to us about why visualization is so important from like the backside of things. Yeah, it's two reasons, and you nailed the first one. Self-confidence is the number one variable for all human performance. Now, again, you, you really can't argue this intelligently. It's, it's pretty much confirmed in science. Self-confidence is the number one variable for all human performance. And no doubt about it, if I'm mentally experiencing success before it's actually time to go perform, that has a positive impact on self-confidence. The second reason your body listens to what your brain tells it. And most people these days, Nick, most people these days, they don't like to think. And when they do think, it's in three to five second segments. Mm. And look, you know, there's, there's value in being able to make quick decisions. But I know this, to achieve a high level of excellence or greatness in any industry, in anything, there must be times where you think deeply for longer than three to five seconds. And what the visualization does is it actually just forces you to think through the performance before mm. the performance itself. And, and I would just tell you, as commonsensical as that might sound, you got most people, especially in the business world, they're showing up for big performances every single day. And they haven't thought through from start, middle, and finish of what that performance needs to look like, feel like, have happened. So you're kind of winging it. And I just tell you, you know, if you're not prepared, you're prepared to fail. Mm. Yeah. Visualization forces an extremely high level of effective preparation, which has that nice impact on self-confidence as well. No doubt. And I really think that, you know, you talked about how on a daily basis it can be as short as, 10 seconds in for visualization. But if it's something that's really big, then I know for me, the main, one of the biggest things I've used visualization before is before some fitness events that I've done. And it, to me, it's allowed me to like identify some super small things that I just would not have thought about had I not put myself preemptively into that situation mentally. And so I know that that's helped me a lot. 
That's right. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you, you know, again, I said 10 seconds. I think 30 seconds is fantastic. And I oftentimes just use the, the format of start strong, stay strong, finish strong. So for example, mm-hmm. if I was going to visualize this podcast with you, I would probably think, okay, wh- what is it in the first, you know, what's the first message I want to get out there? You know, I might just focus on energy. I might focus on, uh, you know, telling the people in the audience the fact that they're on the the podcast shows they're trying to get better. They should congratulate themselves. And then I'll kind of think, okay, middle, what's kind of a, a middle important message I want to send? And then what, what would be kind of like a final important piece of the podcast? So you can use that 10 seconds a piece, start strong, stay strong, finish strong approach. Mm. And you can cover a lot of ground with 30 seconds. No doubt. No doubt. That's man. That's good. That's good. I know. So the mental workout to kind of back up a little bit, your, your level up app, the mental workout is kind of like what you say is kind of like the se- the second step. And I know the first thing that you talk about is creating the winning plan and avoiding the three common goal setting mistakes. I know we had, we get, we're a little short on time here and I'll have one more question after this, but uh, what are the, some of the three, the three most common goal setting mistakes that a lot of us fall into? Well, number one, we're setting way too many goals. You know, you got to mm-hmm. really respect challenge capacity and people I work with, I want them to set one result goal in their personal life, one result goal in their professional life. And then when it comes to the process goals, you can have up to three at the most process goals for any one product goal. So that's the first one is you're setting too many goals. Another one that's really, really common is the whole set it high, hope to get close approach. And I know people are still teaching this these days. There's no empirical evidence to support that because you set it high, hope to get close. Typically, you know, within the first four to six weeks, you're so far behind the change, you give up on the goal altogether. Mm. It has a negative impact on self-confidence. You're a whole lot better setting realistically high goals so that you can keep yourself in the fight. The likelihood of blowing through a realistic, realistically high goal is much better. If you set it lower than if you set it high, your, your likelihood of not even coming close is much increased. So realistically high, and then the third goal setting mistake, we've already kind of touched on it, is most people, it's, I call it the paradox of the product goal. Most people are so focused on the result or the product that they're really not putting much energy or focus daily into the process or what they need to do to actually make that product goal the reality. Mm. That's good. That's good. Well, so I, one of the things that I think is very fascinating is when we're living out, maybe a maybe it's a particular goal and we and we have the the process and we're living it out and then all of a sudden a wrench is thrown into things baseball player gets injured whoever gets injured life changes something happens and the whole process that they were following now is can't be followed anymore what are some things that pros do high performers do when a wrench is thrown in to keep themselves mentally i don't think on track is the right word but mentally nimble mentally agile so that they can make a pivot in how they're defining success yeah two two things number one and there's so much better in the sports world with this than they are in the business world you you can't be surprised with adversity i mean Mm -hmm. if you're an athlete or a coach and you show up to a competition and you're surprised at how good the competition is you've already lost you know and and that's the thing in the business world look they're going to throw curveballs at us life has a certain brutality to it you can't be surprised when bad things happen Okay, and then the second thing is you must have an effective way of self-evaluating. Most people evaluate this way. You do 100 things right, 
one thing less than perfect. You overlook all the good stuff and just zero in on the imperfection. Look, no growth is going to come from that. That's going to cr- cripple your self-confidence. No growth comes from that. What, what I train my people to do in the Level Up app is doing a really good job. Uh, I know you brought that up. And I would tell people, if you haven't looked at this Level Up, take a look at it. For the price, I just think it's an absolute no-brainer. And we give, anytime somebody's not happy with it, just get your money back. The people I'm partnered with, they're just outstanding. They're the, the folks that did Shutterfly. And they don't need the money. What we're really trying to do is just give people a resource that helps. And a couple of things we've talked about so far is, number one, that mental workout is part of your daily, you know, three to five minutes on the app, kind of walks you through the mental workout every day. But also the other part that we're talking about right here is effective evaluation. To effectively evaluate, to keep yourself nimble, you want to evaluate two things. Every time, you just always, these are the two ways you self-evaluate. Number one, what did I do well? So no matter how bad things are, what am I doing well? Let's first just get a, a base of, okay, this is the stuff that is working. And then the second part is, what's one thing I want to improve? Not one thing I want to perfect, but one thing I want to improve. And what we're seeing with those users on the daily Level Up app is they're they're being asked those questions. You know, what is your game plan for today? What are your three most important activities you want to do today? Now let's do a mental workout and evaluate, see yourself, visualize yourself getting those things done the right way. And then afterwards, hey, tell me what you did well in your performance today and what's one thing you want to improve for tomorrow. That simple way of mentally preparing has proven to be quite successful with a lot of people that I have worked with over the last 20 years at the highest level. Mm, man, that's powerful. That's powerful. Well, in an effort to get you out of time, I'm going to go through this last question real quickly. Three things that Jason Selk can start doing, continue to do, or work on to get closer to the best version of Jason Selk that he possibly could be. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to push back on you here because I don't want people coming up with three things for themselves. How about just one thing? Okay. But what's one thing we could all do to be a little bit better versions of ourselves? Um, give me a second to think, because I, I love the question. You know, I'm, I'm always trying to work on certain things, kind of based on okay, what happened today. But I'm gonna I'm gonna think a little bit bigger. I think the one thing for me right now is I probably need to do a little bit better job getting the thumbs up from. Uh, Coaches out in the field. I probably need to do a little bit better job of giving myself credit for the work. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, I'm I'm human like everybody else, and it's kind of easy to get into that mindset of, well, I expect that of myself. Um, and and I know that it's not helpful for other people to think that way. And I'm I'm certainly a lot better than I used to be on this, but I think right now. Uh, would probably be a good time for me to just kind of pull back a little bit and, and reemphasize the importance of on a daily basis recognizing my done wells. You know, and look, I'm on the Level Up app as well, and as I'm saying, I'm like, yeah, I've been kind of shortcutting that a little bit. So I'm going to do a little bit better every day when that app asks me to write my three done wells down of talking about things that are important and things that I probably should be giving myself some credit. And and I want to encourage everybody. Answer that one question for yourselves. That's a, that's a really powerful question. What's one thing you want to be just doing a little bit better job of? Mm, yeah, give yourself credit for the work. I think everybody would would resonate with that. But 
Make sure we're, we're process-focused, visualization, so many great things in here. Y'all make sure you go get the Level Up app. It's super, super valuable. Make sure you go follow Dr. Jason Selk on, Dr. Jason Selk on social media. We'll have all that stuff linked up. But Jason, thanks so much for the time today, man. It was great. Nick, thanks for having me. All the best to everybody out there. I mean, talk about value. Jason brought so much value during today's conversations. If you were not sitting somewhere taking notes, then you best get somewhere pretty darn quickly and write these nuggets down. They are pure gold. And remember, if you're overwhelmed with what you should eat and you want to feel more confident in your skin and you need a way to satisfy your sweet tooth in a healthy manner, then go get access to my video course for absolutely free called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle at NickCarrier.com. And remember, the importance of adopting an abundance mentality rather than a scarcity mentality. Most things in life are not scarce, and there's plenty to go around. And remember that true success comes from focusing on your effort and the process, not the results. Be obsessive about finding ways to consistently make your cuts in straight lines on a daily basis, and you'll see that scoreboard move as a result. And lastly, remember the importance of visualization. This is one of my biggest takeaways that I personally need to get back into the habit of implementing. Visualize who you want to become. Visualize your performance before it actually happens, and it's so much more likely that your performance is going to be 10x better. If you can adopt abundance mentality, focus on the process, and visualize who you want to become consistently, then you will continue on the path closer and closer to your best you.